Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Amen, amen. God is in the strengthening business. How many believe that today, that our God is in the business of strengthening his people? Today, that's what we're going to be talking about in our series, Like a Tree. Strength is actually the first principle that we need, that a tree needs to be publicly fruitful, and that we need to be publicly fruitful. And today's message is going to be your strength, your strength, and and we're going to take the next few moments to talk about how God wants to make his people strong, each and every one of us. He wants to, the Bible says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So, but before we get into it, let's go ahead and read one of two verses that we'll be reading today, passages. First Psalm 1, the core passage of this series. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Come on, everyone. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. In all that he does, he prospers. It takes strength to bear fruit. It takes strength to bear fruit. Last week, we kind of crossed over from the private realm, from being in our root system, and we stepped into the to our public life, our private life, into our public life. And um, we know that everyone here, when a man or woman is like a tree, we know that they have a private life. That's your root system. uh, That's your relationship with God that no one sees. Everyone here should have a personal relationship with God. I can't have that relationship with God for you, only you can have it, and it's your private life, and then now we're talking about our public life, it's our relationship with God that everyone sees, and I've said this over and over and over again, how many would agree that everyone should know that we belong to Jesus? Could we put our hands together because we agree with that? Amen. Now, when you look at a tree, one of the first things that stands out to you is the trunk. You see, and the trunk is what represents the strength of the tree. Without a trunk, there's no branches. Without branches, there's no leaves and there's no fruit. And so when you think about a tree, the trunk is actually the strength of the tree. The the trunk is what makes the tree able to stand, to withstand the elements, to to withstand the storms, to withstand all the things that come at it and continue to bear fruit in season and have have leaves that do not wither. Now, a tree's trunk is, it makes us strong in two ways. Uh, um, A tree's trunk makes us strong in two ways. First of all, it has something called heartwood, which represents the internal strength of the tree, and then it has bark, which represents the external strength of the tree, and this is very powerful and very interesting. When you talk about the heartwood of a tree, there is a part of a tree, next slide please, there's a part of a tree that is 
dead center on the inside of that tree. It's this section here, this brown wood, this brown section here. That's called the heartwood. And the heartwood is actually wood that is dead. It's dead wood. Okay? So this internal section is dead, but it's stiff and strong, and it enables the tree to stand. Now, the other wood, this is called the sapwood. This is still alive, and this is what's growing. And then, ultimately, there's the outer bark, which we'll come back to in a moment. But the heartwood is very interesting, and when the Bible says that, that we should be like a tree, it means it in every way. This is such a powerful thing. Look at what uh, the Virginia Tech Forest Association said about heartwood. The heartwood is dead wood, but it used to be live sapwood. The heartwood's main job is to provide support for the tree. In other words, if, look at me for a second, if there was no dead heartwood in the middle of the tree when the wind blows because there's so much soft, the trees would just topple over. You see? But it is this internal heartwood that makes it stand. And then it says, heartwood also helps the tree by being resistant to insect attacks and decay. Now, how does this relate to us? This is a very powerful principle because in the New Testament, the Bible actually teaches that if we're going to serve God and be strong, there's a part of us that needs to be dead too. You see? So this is a main teaching of the New Testament. This is all over the Word of God. And I want to say this to all of my brothers and sisters. Part of the reason why this series is so important is because these are core principles for you and I to learn how to really be fruitful. You see? So this may not be common, this may not be something that's popular, but it's amazingly true. And look at what the Bible teaches. Look at how Paul outlined this. Paul said, in the same way, count yourselves, everyone, dead. Count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus, Romans 6, 11. Watch Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Okay, look at Colossians 3. It says, for you died to this life and your real life. Everyone say real life. Real life. Your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And so what we need to understand is that we need to be like a tree. And that means that part of us has to be dead. Now, the part of us that has to be dead is self. You see, our self is what has to die. If when yourself is alive, that's what, that's what makes you so unstable. But when a person's self is dead, like in the, in the skit, right? When the woman died to herself, God was able to use her to bear fruit that her husband, okay, even though he was in the flesh too. You see, how many have found if you're married, sometimes both of you in the flesh? Let me, just a little peep of the amen, amen, you know, Absolutely. You see, but someone has to die to self. You see, someone, someone said to me once when Chrissy and I first got married, I was having a disagreement with her. I went to a pastor and you know what he said to me? He said, the closest one to God will give in first. And the only way to be close to God is to die to self. 
you see? And when you die to self, then things come at you. And when those things come at you, they don't really hurt you because you're dead. You know, you can't hurt a dead person. You see? You can't rattle a dead person. You can't get a dead person to, to, to lose themselves and to lose their top. When a person is dead, they're dead. And that's what the problem is. A lot of people don't recognize that what has to die is self. You ever ask yourself, man, how did those Christians do it? How were they enabled to, to, to be stoned? How, how were they enabled to be crucified and, and go through all of those things that they've gone through? How have the great people of God in history endured the difficulties for the glory of God? It's simple. They were dead to self and alive to God. Amen. You see? And what we have to understand is that if we really want to be victorious, if we want to really want to be fruitful, guess what has to happen? Self has to die. Amen. Okay, I know it's just, I forgot my amen button today, but that's a time for amen. amen. How many would agree just, just by me saying that if you were just dead, if self were just dead, how many would uh, agree that if self were just dead, like your life would be so much more fruitful? How many would amen. say amen? Let's put our hands together. You know, we were talking, when we were talking about this earlier, I had a, I had a thought come to me, it's, it, and I, I wasn't necessarily planning on saying this, but, um, but I, I'm, I want to give you a personal uh, uh, illustration and observation. I've been in the ministry, you know, 25 years now, and I heard this said when I used to sit in the pew. I heard it said that pastors either get too much credit or too much blame. And so, so uh, um, you know, that happens. Sometimes people praise you in ministry. Sometimes people criticize you. Sometimes people could say all sorts of harsh things. And early on, God began to show me that these things were very important indicators to me. You see, because sometimes people praise you and, they, and they, 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 they're, they're appreciative of you. And let me tell you something, okay? You can learn a lot about yourself. The Bible says this in the Proverbs, by how you receive praise. Because when someone praises you, say, man, you really blessed me. You know, it, sometimes people say, you were, that was a powerful message. You this, instead of saying, God used you, pastor, the Lord was flowing through you. Sometimes they'll say something else. And you know what? There's different ways. If you go like, yeah, yeah, that's right. Mm, mm, yeah. <laughs> how do you know you got issues? Because how many know without Jesus, I'm just a wreck, a wreck, a wreck, a wreck. The biggest favor we can do is realize that without Jesus, we're just a wreck. But then on the flip side, listen, on the flip side, I've had people say profoundly disrespectful things, hurtful things. Things that were not true, slanderous things. You know, people could, they go on the internet, they could say all kinds of things. And here's what the Lord showed me, and I've said this to all of our guys on staff, and I want to encourage you with this. You see, when someone is mean and nasty to you, okay, when someone's being really mean and nasty, it's an opportunity for you to check your pride. Instead of thinking about what they're saying, you could think about how alive or dead you are. 
You see, if you, if you feel it, you aren't dead yet. And so many times when people have come at me over the years, what God was talking to me about was not what they were saying. God was saying, don't, don't, you know, pay attention because if what they're saying is true, you need to pay attention. Look, even if someone is mean and nasty, this is, sometimes we get letters, for example, and people don't even have the courage to sign the letter. You know, and I've been told that someone doesn't sign the letter, don't read it. I haven't done that. I do read it. And you know what I look for? I look for what's true in the letter, no matter how mean and nasty it is. And if it's true, I'm saying, I'll sit there by myself and say, Jesus, help me, because this part, I believe this is true. The rest of it, well, so that's between them and God. But see, how you respond when someone hurts you tells you how dead you are. And let me tell you something. The only way we're going to shine for Jesus if, if, is if we die to self. How many would say, Jesus, we need to die to self right now, oh God. Your life, your marriage, your everything would be powerfully transformed if you just die to everyone you see. So this is very, very important. And then, and then, so there's the dead wood inside, but then also there's the bark on the outside. So look, this is actually a real tree. Yesterday I put this up because I was just going through my slides here to make sure we had them in order and stuff. And uh, when I put this up, I was, I was talking to one of the brothers here. You see this dark brown spot? This is the area of dead wood in the tree. Might be a little bit, you know, on the edge is different. But this core in the middle, that's dead wood, you see. And that's why it, the, it, the life, the colors are different. But then out here on the outside, on the perimeter, that's the bark, okay. Trees have bark. We've all come up against a tree and felt the bark. Look at what the North Carolina Forestry Association said. Outer bark acts as a suit of armor against the world by protecting the tree from insects, disease, storms, and extreme temperatures. In certain species, the outer bark also protects the tree from fire. So this is also another way that we are called to be strong in the Lord. We need like an outer bark or we need an armor. Look at what it says in Ephesians chapter 6. It says, put on the full armor of God. How many know Christians are supposed to put on the armor of God? The tree has bark, but we have the grace and the armor of God. It says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. You see, some of us are not wearing the armor. Did you put the armor on today? Because here's what we need to understand. Everyone here, I say this in love, okay? Strength is spiritual. It's not, it, it, it's not an issue of your human will. Strength is a spiritual thing. And we can put on the armor of God. We can put on the helmet of salvation. We can put on the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the sandals of peace, the shield of faith. We can strike back at the enemy with the sword of the spirit. You see, we can have the armor of God on so that when he comes at us, the armor protects us. How? Like a tree. So God wants us to be strong internally and externally. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. And brothers and sisters, we have to understand that strength is spiritual. 
It's a spiritual thing. And instead of blaming the whole world, we need to die to self. We need to put on the armor of God. We need to get alone with God. This is why your root system is so important. You see, because we get alone with God. And then he does some powerful things in our lives. And then we walk out. And then we walk out and, and people look at us and they're like, man, that person is like a tree trunk, man. That person, is, you could say nasty things, they don't move. You could do nasty things, they don't move. They keep on loving, keep on caring, keep on giving Jesus glory. And in their day of trouble, when they have a problem, they know who to turn to. They know who to run to. They run to the tree. They don't run to the chaff. They don't run to the tumbleweeds. They run to the trees. Because that's where they find life. And so it's important for us to understand that the Lord wants us to be strong internally and externally. A little more on the tree, and then we're going to read another verse to you. Okay, look at what, look at what, uh, uh, there's, a, there's a, a, a book called The Hidden Life of Trees. And look at what he says. He says, the tree has to keep hidden reserves of energy on hand to fight off pests. These secret reserves can be activated at any time, and depending on the tree species, they contain a selection of defensive compounds produced by the tree. And so the tree has to keep a hidden reserve of energy. A lot of people, you walked into the building, you look so nice, everyone looks so beautiful, and you can talk so nice, and, and uh, you look like you have it all together, I look like I have it all together. But let me tell you something, that doesn't mean that you're strong. Amen. Okay? What determines what you're, that you're, if you're strong is when the pressure's on, is when the war begins. And then when the war begins, there's either something on the inside. Every person should have a hidden reserve. You understand? A hidden reserve of strength. That that hidden reserve is what comes out when the battle rages. What do you, what do you have hidden inside of you? Let me, let me just put it this way. Put up the next slide, and then we're going to get into the text. But this is so vitally important. Did we lose the slides? You know, this is so funny. Last service, in the middle of this message, we had a power surge and all the power went out. This is the second time. You know why? It's because the devil doesn't want you to hear this truth. But in the name of Jesus, we're going to hear the truth. Amen. So look, strength, how do you define strength? Strength is the hidden reserve of energy that enables us to fight off the enemy and all other opposing forces. You see, it's like a hidden reserve. And you walk, but when the devil comes, you see, the way we should be is we walk, we're nice or whatever, but when the devil comes, we stand. And we don't move. And when they say that filthy thing, we don't laugh. We're like, you see? Because we don't care what people say. You know why? Because we're dead. Amen. You see? And when people try to mock us, we don't care what they say because we got the armor on, we got the bark on. You see? And so it's something hidden. Strength is reflected. Real strength is reflected by our ability to withstand internally and resist externally. And so what we're going to do now is we're going to look very quickly at a second passage, all the series. We're doing the tree, and then we're doing a passage from, 
from the Gospels, okay? And here's what we're going to learn from Jesus today. You ready? Jesus is going to teach us that we need internal and external strength in order to be fruitful like a tree. So let's read the text very quickly. Luke chapter 8 says this. While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and it was trampled on and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell on, among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he called out, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. That's the word of the Lord to everyone in the room right now. Okay? That's the word of the Lord. Every single person, every single one of us, front row, backward. You got to have ears to hear what the Spirit would say. How many have an ear to hear what the Spirit would say? Amen. Hallelujah. And by the way, I said this before, and, and I'm going to say it again. While I was talking about dead to sin, I saw, I saw a couple of people, they were just like squirming. They were like, it's flesh. If the truth gives you a bad attitude, it's the flesh itself. But today is a day to conquer self and to walk in victory for the glory of God. So watch, let's keep going here. It says, let them hear. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. He said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you. This is a secret of the kingdom of God. This is a secret of the kingdom of God given to us as a free gift. He says, but to others I speak in parables so that though seeing they may not see, though hearing they may not understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no, everyone, no root. This is what we've been talking about. You gotta have a root system. You see? you got to have a root system. you got to have a walk with God. If, if, if life is tough, if you're not feeling strong, but you don't spend time with Jesus, it's because you don't have a root system. You don't have what you need to stand against the pressures. The devil is out there. It's not your spouse. It's not your neighbor. It's not your boss. It's a lack of roots. Amen. And here it is. This is all over the Bible. It says, they believe it for a while, but in the time of testing everyone, they fall away. You see, they fall away. A little more. It says, the seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. By persevering, produce a crop. Now look, we don't have a lot of time. But I want to pray a minute. Because I want to make three application points from this text. But we need to have a heart and an ear to hear. Father, in the name of Jesus, 
We want to be strong and we want to be fruitful. And God, I pray that today would be a day where we cross over, oh God, from weakness into strength. God, I pray that this would be a day where we cross over from the flesh into the spirit. I pray that you would baptize us with supernatural strength. I pray that no one would be derailed by Satan, but that they would stand strong like a tree. And that we would be fruitful for your glory. We trust you to do this. Give us ears to hear what the Spirit would say. In the mighty name of Jesus and everyone said, Amen. 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 So here's what Jesus is teaching us today about strength. Okay, first of all, we need strength against the enemy. We need strength against the enemy. It says, those along the path are the ones who hear, then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts. The devil comes and takes away the word, the truth, the life-giving truth, takes away the word from their hearts. Here's, here's the key, guys. We have an enemy who works in the dark. He works at night. His mission is to deceive, distract, and most of all, undermine our ability to bear fruit for the glory of God. The only thing that the devil cares about is that you would not have a fruitful life. You could do whatever you want to do. You can talk and say whatever you want to say. As long as you don't bear fruit for the glory of God, that's all he cares about. But we stand with the armor of God. We stand dead to sin and alive to Christ. And we can't be fruitful. But we have to face the fact we have an enemy. Grow up and realize he's out to destroy you. Realize that Satan is trying to distract you. I was pleading with someone the other day. You know, forgive me for being charged up, but I, I, I think about this only one hour with you. An hour and a half. If you come to prayer meeting, three hours in the week. And all during the week, I think about the devil attacking you and deceiving you. Listen, listen, listen. The devil is out to destroy your life. Open your eyes and hear what the Spirit is saying. He's a liar and a deceiver. And what he's trying to do is get you in the flesh and distract you so that you won't be fruitful. The only thing that matters is what we do for Jesus. How many of you say amen? We want to bring fruit to Jesus on that day. Help us, Lord. Help us. He's a wicked, wicked liar. All he wants to do is deceive us. Don't be deceived by Satan any longer. Don't let one more day of his deception and distraction move you from being fruitful for the glory of God. Amen. Now one more second, now one more ounce. Nothing, we don't want to give Satan anything. Amen. Nothing. So the first thing, we need strength against the enemy. Then here's the thing. Here's the next thing that Jesus is teaching us. We need strength to resist the cares and worries that try to choke us. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries. They are choked. Listen, worry will choke the faith, the fruit, and the blessing right out of our lives. Worry kills endurance and hope and joy. 
Our God is not the God of the what if. Satan wants you to live in all of the negative. What if this? What if that? Negative. What if this? What if that? Our God is the God of yea and amen. He says, surely goodness and mercy will follow me. Surely God will bless me. You surrender to God and he will bless you. Don't let Satan choke you with lies and worry. Don't let him choke you anymore. He wants to choke you. Worry, worry chokes, cares, fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear. Listen to this. Listen, I have a friend, I have a couple of friends who are big time hunters. One of my friends has actually hunted mount, uh, mountain lions. And um, I was like, oh snap, I'm from Brooklyn. I wouldn't mess with those brothers. And I said, how do you hunt a mountain lion? He said, well, it's a fascinating thing. He said, you cut dogs loose and the dogs chase the lion and the lion is afraid of the dogs. Okay, now check out this picture. This is, a, this is an actual picture from hunting. That mountain lion is about 220 pounds. How many know those are some big choppers you got right there, right? So look, 220 pounds, this dog, 65 pounds. 65 pounds, maybe? You see, but the, the lion is afraid. Now, if the lion, he has more muscle, more strength, more power, more ability, all the lion has to do is fight the dogs. If he and he could destroy the dogs. The dogs can't handle that big boy, you see? But because of fear, he runs up in the tree, and when he runs up in the tree, then the hunter can shoot him. How many people are here? You don't understand the strength. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Don't run from the devil. Stand. Stand against Satan. Stop running from the devil. Stand strong in the name of the Lord and in the power of his might. The only reason many of us are destroyed is because we give in to fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Come on, let's put our hands together and bless God. It's the truth. It's the truth. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You see? You're stronger than that if you could just get in the spirit. You're better than that. You're stronger than that. You see, if we just surrender to God, if we just get close to God, it's not our strength, it's his strength. We can be stronger than that. You see? So no more what if. Okay? What if this happens? What if that happens? No. No. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Hallelujah. 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 He'll help me. He's going to help me. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And then, listen, here's the, the last thing. We also need strength to withstand the temptations toward riches and pleasures. People are like, uh-oh, uh-oh, snap. Watch this. But as they go on their way, they're choked by life's worries. And then look, riches and pleasures, and they do not mature. You see, you have to mature to bear fruit. You have to mature to bear fruit. And this is why we have to be dead 
to certain pleasures of this world and riches. The pull toward riches and pleasures has derailed many citizens of heaven. Every day, some believers deceived by the lie that money equals safety or that money equals blessing. Can I tell you, over the years, I've watched this. I've watched people leave our church, okay? And listen, we rejoice when people come to the church, and we rejoice when people go to the church. As long as, if you go from here, as long as you go someplace that you're being fed and taken care of, how many know it's all God's kingdom? We don't compete with other churches. We rejoice. We rejoice with the blessing of other churches. But sometimes someone is, has a good job and they're, they're at the church and they have a fellowship. They have a, a family and a network of believers and the children are connected. But you know what? They get a, they get a job offer and the, and the money, the paycheck is big. And I'm like, wait a second. Before you move your family, before you leave your network of strength, listen, is there a church in that place? The first thing you need to find is a church. Forget about the business because look, I've seen this many times. I said, you're moving to Timbuktu. Who's going to be there with you? And I've seen people, they get lured away. Listen, the devil will pay you all the money you want. He just doesn't want you to be fruitful. Do you know how many times I've seen people move? No church, no this. And all of a sudden, they went from being strong, godly, fruitful, uh, networked people to dying on the vine, withered, empty. They may have more money, but how many know more money means nothing? It means nothing if you're not strong in Jesus. So listen, listen, we have to, we have to pay very careful attention, okay, we have to pay careful attention because the enemy wants to deceive us and people have been drawn away by riches. Some people are drawn away by pleasures. They feel this obsession, okay? Like I deserve to be, to indulge in this thing or that thing, okay? If I wanna, if I wanna do this, I'll do it. And look at what the Bible says here, okay? It says, those who love pleasure become poor. Those who love wine and luxury will never be rich. You know, I remember being a kid. I don't know if you observed this, depending on where you grew up. So I remember being a kid, and, and somebody gets a job, and as soon as they get a job, they get a job. They have, like, uh, back in the day, they had, like, $60 sneakers. $60 sneakers back in the day was the equivalent of, like, $200 sneakers now. And I remember my dad saying to him, just because you got a job one week doesn't mean you can afford $60 sneakers. Save some money. Stop being crazy. Don't let the money burn a hole in your pocket. But some people are like that. And you know why? Because in our minds, we get a credit card. Max out the credit card. Why? I want this. I want that. I deserve this. Hey, I work 40 hours a week. I deserve this. That's foolishness. You see? I'm going to hit that amen button in a second. see listen those who love wine and luxury will never be rich life isn't always fun you can't always have fun sometimes God says no now look at what the Bible says on the flip side it says the wise have wealth and luxury but fools spend whatever they get whatever they get you see here's what happens as Christians if we don't die to self if somebody has a pleasure 
that God has blessed them with, instead of rejoicing in the pleasure that God has blessed them with, we get jealous and say, I deserve that pleasure. We don't deserve that pleasure. How many know we don't deserve anything? Amen. Okay? God doesn't owe you and I anything. And yet he's so kind and loving. He blesses us. He strengthens us. And if we live wisely, he will give wealth and luxury when it's appropriate, when it's good for us, when it won't hurt us. God will not give you something that will not be good for you. Like any good parent. You see? But listen. Listen. You have to recognize that sometimes God says no or not now. Later. I'll give that to you, but later. Today, it's not good for you to have it. And we have to die to this sense of entitlement. You see? We have to be dead. And they could come with it. They could come with it. But we say, Satan, I'm dead to that. And here's how I want to close. Look what the Bible says. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. You know what this is saying? This is saying that when you say, you don't know what I'm going through, you're wrong. Because we all go through it. If I ask any person in this room, you ever go through it? They would say, absolutely so. Okay, we all go through it. Everybody say, we all go through it. That's right. So listen, your temptation, my temptation, we all get tempted. We all get attacked. We all get discouragement. We all get days of evil. Everyone, everyone gets it. But God promises to make us strong so that when we get it, we can endure it for his glory and for his honor. You see, look, and God is faithful. Let's say that together. God is faithful. Watch, he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it so that you can stand. So that you can stand. You see, God wants to make his people stand. What the city of Chicago needs is people that stand. He wants to strengthen us so that we will, everyone, stand. Let's lift our hands to him. Come on, everyone in the building. Show, show your dependence on God today. Like little children reach up to the parents, we reach up to God. All over the building. Come on, set your pride aside for a day. Lift your hands to God. Hallelujah, we need you, God. We're only strong when you make us strong, oh God. We need you, God. We need your spirit. We need your word. We need your truth and your power, oh God. Help us. Help us today, Holy Spirit. Help us, oh God. Hallelujah. Holy, holy God Almighty, make me holy like you.
people here. This is for all of us. But maybe you walked in here and you've been under attack. Maybe you've been, the, the, the devil's been barking. He's been roaring like a lion. We're gonna pray in the name of Jesus. God is gonna make you strong enough to stand. There's some people here, you're being assaulted and attacked. And as I was speaking, you knew the Spirit was saying, this is for you. Today, we need to say by faith, God, you can make me strong enough to stand. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. And today, I want us, I don't want anyone to leave who needs prayer. Slip out of your seat. We won't be at the altar long. Slip out of your seat and come. If you need a baptism of strength, you need help from on high. Come on, slip out and get yourself to the front and spread out across the front. Leaders, if you're a leader, slip out of your seat. Come on, get nice and close.
praise you, Lord. God of our strength, we praise you, Lord. We thank you. We thank you. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We don't give in to worry. We trust you. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be shaken, but stands forever. And as the mountains of Jerusalem surround it, God, you surround your people, O oh Lord. So we thank you. We thank you that you're the God of our strength and you're the strength of our lives. Release your people now. Release them, God, to grow in strength and to bring you glory. Release them, Father, to walk in victory, Lord, to overcome the schemes of the enemy, Lord, and to stand. I thank you that they're going to stand this week, oh God, and they're going to bear fruit for your glory. Thank you for this day. Thank you for this time. Thank you for what you're going to do in the rest of the day, just between you and us. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everyone said, Amen. Come on, let's put our hands together. God bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, now listen. Greet one another. If you don't have kids to pick up, would you please move quickly? We went a little late, and we need to turn over the parking lot. But greet someone on your way out. God